Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Today, friends, we have another exciting guest on the podcast today. Her name is Barbara, and she is with an, a monument for an election reform in Rockford, Illinois, which is where I went to high school. I graduated high school there. So I'm excited to connect with her today, and I trust you will love what she has to say. So welcome to the podcast, Barbara. Well, thank you for having me on. Barbara, kindly give us an introduction to yourself, a brief biographical sketch. Well, um, I am a retired um, elementary music teacher. From, and I have worked my most of my career here in Rockford, Illinois, and uh, I love teaching music to children. Um, I have a family of two children and um, enjoy travel and gardening and reading books. Um, uh, we are um, an activist group who um, promotes empowering women, um, and our group became a part of another coalition in 2019 that um, met um, just to get together um, to have our women's groups in our city know each other. And uh, these are other groups like League of Women Voters and Alpha Kappa Alpha, for example. Um, And we came together in May of 2019 because we thought, you know, the anniversary of the 100 years of women receiving the right to vote is sure. coming up next year, and we should do something about that. So our group came together just for ideas and for how our town could um, have a celebration in honor of the 100th year anniversary. Oh, wow. So for our audience who didn't come from Rockford, Illinois, they may – a lot of people – Everyone knows Chicago and Illinois, and Rockford, is, from my experience, is not as well known. So if you could give a brief overview of the demographics of Rockford, what the city of Rockford is like in your view, that would be awesome. Okay. Rockford is a city of about 150,000, surrounded by some other smaller towns. And we are up near the Wisconsin border. So um, we... um, if you go from Chicago uh, up I-90, you would come to Rockford, Illinois. So it's a beautiful city on the Rock River um, and has a lot of beautiful farms and um, forest preserves and a lot of trees in the city. It's known as the Forest City. So right. we feel lucky that feel lucky that we have uh, such a beautiful place to live. Sure. I ran cross country in high school in Rockford, Illinois, and we ran around the trails a lot, so that was a big part of the experience. So I definitely remember that part of uh, Rockford, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And we have added more trails uh, every year. And, really? Uh, our, city, our city parks are very beautiful also. So, Barbara, before we talk about your monument in particular, I would like to talk about the women's suffrage movement. Our podcast talks about election reforms a lot, and we 
are focused mostly on the contemporary ones, yet we also like the historical ones that succeeded. So since the women's suffrage movement was one of the most successful election reforms in history, what would you say made that movement successful that we can learn from today? Well, um, one thing is, and I'm not a history teacher, uh, although I love history, and so it's been interesting to learn about um, the suffrage movement uh, over this 100th year anniversary year. Um, one, one has to realize that women's suffrage had a very long arc. Um, even in the early 1800s, even, women were talking about wishing they had more control over their lives. Um, yeah in terms of salary and in terms of rights for children and so on. Um, and the movement um, kind of officially began in 1848 with Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony meeting and, and others in Seneca Falls, New York. But from 1850 then, say, to 1920, <laughs> that's 70 years, one has to realize what a long, long struggle this was yep. for women to gain the right to vote. So um, I would say it wasn't easy, and there were obstacles <laughs> at every turn and every year. Um, so that's one thing, um, is to realize the very long historical arc of the movement. Good point. That's something to think about, because like the saying goes, you didn't build Rome in one day, so... Some movements may take years and decades and even centuries to get into place. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, women were very determined to have more control over their families. I think that was the main point that I learned from visiting Seneca Falls. It wasn't that they wanted the right to vote per se. It's that they wanted the right to vote so that they can act, could enact laws that benefited women's empowerment. So control over money in the family and control over children um, and rights of the family, the right to own property, these all came with the right to vote. So um, the vote was a sort of a, um, a peak um, desire because it affected everything else. Sure. So kindly describe the process of getting this monument in place and getting it erected. You talked about earlier how you got involved in that organization. It was AAWU, is that right, or did I get it wrong? AA, sorry, that um, that was a little mixed up. AAUW, American Association of University Women. Okay, that's AAUW. I'm involved in. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. talked about how you how that led you to where you are today. So kindly describe the how the Monument in particular was the way you just determined to honor the women's suffrage movement, how that process went into place and how you decided to, and how it's, how you put it into place. Well, our, our coalition of women's groups, we had just invited every women's group to be a part of this coalition and those who responded and uh, sent committee people to work on it, we really wanted to have education in the year 2020. So okay. um, we were planning to have, um, you know, all kinds of educational things in the library and in all our women's groups, and we wanted to invite each other to all the 2020 celebrations. 
um, that celebrated the 100th anniversary. Um, All right. And as a part of that discussion, we discovered that there was no monument to a woman in Rockford at all. Wow. So we thought, you know, as part of this celebration, maybe we could do something about that. So we began to, besides the educational factors, we began to envision something um, more concrete. Um, and uh, it, it was a process all the way, it, but through contributions of our different uh, women's groups, um, the Women's March in Rockford, and um, um, we, uh, other people who were artists. So we um, felt that we could come up with a plan and raise the money for a monument to be built in Rockford that had that told the history of women's suffrage. We okay. have famous suffragists here in Rockford. I mean, we wanted to honor our local people as well yes. as the national figures. So to build that monument, did how did you get the land to do that? Was that did some members donate land, or how did that come about? Well. We, we had the project and then we talked with many of the city entities to see where our project might end up. And okay. that was a long process also. Um, and uh, we ended up with a very beautiful spot along the Rock River behind the oh. YMCA. Okay. And, it, and it, it's along the bike path also, which means that many people just naturally walk by it. Um, so um, that was all a long process of of think, con- conceiving of the monument and then finding an appropriate spot for it. I mean, we considered city parks and uh, other, um, um, the, the History Museum in town, and all those different sites. So in the end, we were very lucky to have the site along the Rock River and along the bike path. It's become a meeting place for, for women's groups and for a lot oh. of different groups. People like to just pause there and look at the monument. And uh, it, it's next to the log, log lodge or the YMCA. Um, it's a gathering place for the city, and uh, we just love its spot, its situation. Okay. So kindly describe this monument specifically. What is it? What What is it? How How do you describe it? What does it look like? What's on there? We are a we we aren't a video podcast, so we can't show pictures of it. So if you could, if you don't mind describing it to our audience, we'd appreciate that. Well, it's a monument that's 15 feet tall. It has three sides, and um, uh, it's surrounded by six benches. Um, That's also part of the evolution of the whole project. The monument was at first supposed to be a sculpture. Um, Okay. We began to to, uh, investigate um, artists, and uh, through uh, one of our Coalition Partners Women's Space here in Rockford, we uh, discovered artist Susan Turner, who uh, is a mosaic artist. And the more we thought about it, the more we thought, you know, the mosaic would be a good idea also because she, the artist Susan, loves to do projects that are built by the, built by the community. So she wants community involvement in her projects, and she has um, several, um, of her projects in several of the cities around the, our state. All so right. our, our project evolved with design people from Women's Space and other artists contributing. Uh, we had many meetings over the next year to 
decide what to be on the monument, what should be on the monument. Um, we have a local um, suffragist, Kate F. O'Connor, who was kind of our town's most famous suffragist. And we decided to have her be featured on one of the sides. Uh -huh. um, the the African-American women in our coalition uh, wanted us in particular to to remember how difficult it was for um, minorities, people of color, Native Americans, um, women to um, have the right to vote. Um, even after the amendment was passed in 1920, it didn't mean that all these women um, had the right to vote because of um, of discrimination, of discrimination against them and uh, Jim Crow laws, etc. So we eventually decided that the second side of our monument should feature someone who was involved in the civil rights movement leading up to the Civil Rights Act of 1965. So um, the second side is dedicated to Dr. Constance Good, who was a, t a local educator and um, a, um, a voting rights activist. Then the third side of the monument is dedicated to um, women of the future. So it has oh. the faces of several young women. Um, and um, we love how it turned out that, you know, we are, are doing the past and the future <laughs> as sure, a part yeah. of this monument. Um, so, and all of this is created in mosaic tiles. So um, oh. there's a whole process of the creation of the art part of it. We, we say our monument has three features. It has boating and history. It has mosaic art and it has the community because it's all about the community and community members built it. So we try to talk about those three, um, those three subjects as we uh, tell people about the history of the monument. Sure. So for the mosaic tiles, what is the process that they needed to do to make those for the monument? Well, there is a color scheme chosen because the suffragist color scheme was uh, purple and, and white and gold. Um, right. So that forms the background of the three sides. Um, the, the, the process itself involved um, eight by eight tiles, which Susan chose all the colors, and she has a formula for uh, having the tiles into certain shapes because that uh, affects the flow of the whole piece. So many of our volunteers actually helped in creating the small pieces. So all these 8x8 eight eight tiles had to be cut into small pieces. Then the edges are ground. Then they can be used to create a picture um, on, the, on the monument. So okay. it was a continual process of cutting more tiles, grinding them, and then they could be used to create the next section. Um, so um, you have to remember also that um, this plan was was supposed to begin in um, the early winter of 2020, and then what happened in 2020? <laughs> All yeah. our plans were were uh, upside down because of the yeah. the pandemic. So, but we continued anyway. We had a warehouse where our tables were separated with space, and people could come in and work just on a certain section. Um, oh. And so our process was slowed down, but it went forward. Um, Good. And many, we have 
um, over 225 volunteers who helped um, wow. in one way or another with this with this sculpture. So, like 100,000 tiny tiles were cut. <laughs> we're talking wow. about maybe in the in about the size of two inch squares, or they're not squares, but two inches in smaller pieces would okay. be um, something for people to envision how to put together um, all those tiles. Yeah, back into a picture. <laughs> so that so, was put together in a warehouse, you said, right? The Those tiles were made in the warehouse, right? Yes, we had tile cutters, and um, and then the process of putting them onto the picture that, that you're going to create um, after the tiles are cut, and then uh, people start looking at the uh, graphic image of a part of the sculpture. Um, so... There's the face of the of the woman who's being created, and there's uh-huh. all the surrounding um, um, elements that go with that. We also had people create small pieces, um, maybe within a six-inch square, and these were um, like roses. The suffragists had yellow roses as their um, symbol, and sunflowers, and uh, were the home of the Rockford peaches, so we created peaches. Yeah. We created we created stars and hearts and um, those small elements. Those are all on the sculpture as well, because oh. the tower the tower comes from like a bench like round circle, and so um, the the bench has some of these small elements. The base of the bench has a picture of 34 different women who were chosen to be what we call the foundational women on the bench. So when you look at the sculpture, you see a round um, bench-like shape, and then and around that are the pictures of the foundational women. Um, okay. Half of them are from Rockford area, northern Illinois, and half of them are national figures of, oh, of, okay. in the suffragist movement So and in the civil rights movement. Okay. So, so then the tower arises with its three sides from the... Um, from the center of that, and then uh-huh. at the top is the women's symbol, um, which people are familiar with. Sure. So how tall is it? Pardon? How tall is it? It's 15 feet. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Wow. So it's a it's on top of every even uh, top of the tallest people are it towers over them. Wow. Well, um, we're very proud of how it turned out. It has a, a lot of glittery, a few glittery tiles in it. It reflects light. Um, when oh, good. you visit different times of the day, it's just beautiful. And even at nighttime, with the light shining on it, it's very beautiful too. Sure. So, <clears throat> so how much is a mission to visit this? Um, is there an mission? You mean? Yeah. How much does it cost? For if, for the general oh. public to come look at it. Well, it's it's absolutely free. It's just along oh, the good. bike path there, which has many people walking along it all the time. So um, it's absolutely free to visit any time. Oh, good. That's and, good. Uh, it's very accessible from the Y parking lot, um, Y M C A parking lot. So how do you protect it from damage and vandalism? Well. Um, the um, the process of creating a sculpture that is to, going to be an outdoor sculpture 
uh, Susan Burton, Burton, our artist, has uh, has worked on that um, technique for quite a number of years. So the sculpture is made of styrofoam blocks, and then it's covered with several layers that make it impervious to weather. Then ah. when you apply the tiles to it, then you again grout it. Um, the tiles are, you know, mosaic tile is um, a very um, uh, old form of art that um, is for um, outdoors as well as indoors. So ah. the tiles themselves are impervious to the weather, and then the grouting has to be perfect, which Susan um, helped us all learn all these processes of the art, uh, creating the art form. So um, it's meant to be outdoors, and it looks beautiful at any time of day or night in sunlight, especially. Oh, so. sure. Sure. That sounds good. I imagine it feels a great sense of accomplishment for you and the other members in the organization to have such a project work on it for that amount of time and then have it succeed. Yes, it was it was certainly a, a process of love <laughs> from all of us who who besides doing the work of it were were fundraising for it to to get the money and we had many community partners who who gave uh, generously uh as a support to have a a, woman, a monument to women in Rockford. Um uh, and so we are very thankful and grateful for people's support in actually creating the monument, but also yes. the support of all the raw materials and the construction project and having a crane to put the sculpture in place after it was built. Um, so we had planned that it would be dedicated on August 18th, which is the anniversary of the 100th Amendment. Um, but we didn't make that, that date because of our slowed down process in the year 2020. But we managed to dedicate the tower on October 31st of 2020. Uh, oh, along wow. the way, <laughs> along the way in this process, our group kept meeting, and our artist friend Susan would say, "You know, it would be so beautiful to have some benches accompanying this." And um, she she suggested that we might think of that, and we uh, eventually thought, "Yes, that sounds like a great idea." And at the same time, we were becoming more skilled in uh, doing tiles, <laughs> so um, we planned six benches to surround the monument, and uh, they are very beautiful representations of things in Rockford. Um, they are meant to um, give a sense of place to the monument, um, and they reflect, the tops of the benches reflect buildings that are uh, part of Rockford's history. So um, very fun, very fun to, to have the experience of doing these benches. And the, the pro whole process of creating was just a very fun thing for everyone involved. Awesome. So our audience... Uh, Susan... I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. I cut you off. Uh, I was going to add one more thing about the benches. Since we have the Rock River, the element of the river flows on all the six benches. And oh, then we have good. trees. We have trees that uh, for our forest city, and then uh -huh. the buildings that are represented sit within that background. Um, and so um, the outside of the benches and the inside of the benches are tiled. Um, the outside of three of the benches has the words of the 
uh, amendment so that right there you bring the focus of the voting because it's all about the voting, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, um, so the focus of the amendment is right there and then the, t- telling the story of the people who were involved uh, and then telling the civil rights part of the story and then telling the story of part of our city, uh, our city's history too, with the, the women who are represented on the monument. So, so it sounds like it's a misnomer to think of the women's suffrage movement as culminating with the amendment that was passed because, like you've been talking about, it, it was a section of women that got the right to vote. So the women's suffrage movement was a multifaceted effort. So it was it happened in stages where the white women got the vote first and then other women got the vote later. Yes, and women actually had the right to vote, um, but African-American women in particular were prevented from voting. And some of the other uh, minority groups did not have the right to vote until some later uh, rules were changed. So okay. um, recognition, recognition of their citizenship um, along the way. So, um, yes, it would be accurate to say that not everyone uh, uh, was able to vote from the 20s on, okay. just because the amendment had been passed. Sure. So whether it was it was they were legally prevented from it or whether in practice people prevented them from it, it was it, was, it took a while for all women to have that right that the white women got. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good thing to reflect on and to remember about that. So since well, the, you re- I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. The, the civil rights part of the story is so important to yes to today's history as well. Yes, um, and of course, um, having access to voting is still very important today. <laughs> is the most important thing. So when when I give a talk down at the plaza, I say this started out with the voting, and it's all about voting still. <laughs> yep. Good way to put it. Our audience members are involved in political parties and non-partisan political reform organizations, so they do need to raise money. So since your organization, your uh, your coalition, was so successful at raising money, what tips do you have for our audience who has to raise money as well? Um. Well, um, I I imagine that every situation is different in that regard. I think um, because we started out with uh, uh, 15 and more groups who are part of our coalition, and then we have networking within the community. um, And we loved how um, our 15 or so women's groups that were meeting um, became friends and remain friends after this project. So... We feel like our city is more is better connected as a result of this. At least our women's groups are, because we had this, this experience of of doing this monument together. Oh, sure. So I think you know networking within your city and and um, building the support for what you're trying to do 
um, every city is different and every city has its own story um, sure. and its own its own grassroots people um, yep. to to make to make things happen so I'm very proud of our women's coalition that accomplished this sculpture um, it was a big thing to do and, yeah, we, and, and we finished it yeah yep awesome good job and like you said you had the big COVID hurdle to get through yet it didn't stop you you, you yeah. did it that's good so the the benches were dedicated in 2021 and um and every year since then we have had a celebration of some kind on August 18th and uh we love to give talks down at the plaza um so we have uh, our committee members are available um about any time really to if someone's visiting our city and would like to have a talk at the plaza or um we give talks for girl scout troops or church groups or um any kind of groups that um, come together uh, to learn about this part, this history, historical part of our city. Okay. So if our audience is interested in that, how would they arrange that? Would they visit your well, website uh, or how does that work? Yes. Yes, we have a website and we are um, listed on our city's uh, walking tours and uh, through the, uh, to the, uh, Area uh, Arts Council, and okay. uh, um, our our um, email address for tours is listed on our website. A lot of information is listed on our website. Actually, okay. pictures of you can see pictures of how each part looked as it was being assembled and then applied to the monument, and you can see pictures of the um, um, of the sculpture being lifted by a crane onto its base onto oh. a permanent site. Um, you can have, um, there is a, a document available about the Foundation of Women as to why we chose these um, um, 34 women on the base of the sculpture. And then actually there are a couple more um, on the benches also. So we have a document that you can read about of these historical figures and women who contributed to our, our city in the arts or in politics or um, in education. So um, there's a lot of information on our website that people can access. Um, okay. And so what's the website address again? What's the address? Yeah, for the website. Um, Rockford Women's Suffrage Plaza dot com. Okay. Actually, I think that's been shortened to rockfordsuffragesplaza.com. All right. Fair enough. I plan to put that in the show notes. That'd be great. Thank you so much. Sure. So, Barbara, we thank you for coming on the podcast and talking about this monument to one of the most successful election reform efforts in the history of the United States. Well, and uh, I want to mention one thing I forgot, and that is the, the list of our coalition partners is also on the website. Oh, and okay. I didn't say I didn't say every group's name. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be a lot. And uh, <laughs> um, it's kind of a long list, but I hope that people will look at the website and uh, and uh, reference all the individual groups that were a part of our coalition. Sure. And thank sure. you. 
thank you very much for asking me to, to uh, be on. Our pleasure. We're glad to have you. Barbara, we wish your coalition and the monument continual success and may it continue to inspire, educate, and inform people in the future. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. All right. Wish you all the best. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye now.